What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down the must-start and must-sit running backs for Week 9 of Fantasy Football. This is where we break down every running back matchup. I go through every game, talk about who to start, who to sit, who's a viable flex option, breaking down backfield utilization trends, rankings, and everything that you guys will need to make informed running back start-sit decisions for your Week 9 Fantasy Football matchup. So if you guys enjoy, if you feel like you got some value at any point during this video, encourage you to leave a like down below, comment down below any running back start-sit questions or any questions in general down there, and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. But before we get into it, let's hit the intro. Okay, so here is the running back matchup chart for the week. I tweet this out every week. I also have it available on Patreon if you guys want to check it out over there. But some of the hardest matchups, we have Leonard Fournette. We have the Kansas City running backs. We have uh, the Washington running backs, the Baltimore running backs, Dalvin Cook, Michael Carter, and James Robinson. And then some of the more favorable matchups, we have Miles Sanders last night. Obviously, it looked like he was able to run quite well. Um, Miami with Raheem Mostert, Green Bay running backs in a great spot. Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, assuming he's back. Uh, Travis Etienne, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry. Etc. And then a number of teams on bye this week, right? This is the the most bye weeks I think that we're going to have all season. There might be another week where we have six teams on bye as well. The Cleveland Browns are on bye. The Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, the New York Giants, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the San Francisco 49ers. So there's a lot of very very fantasy relevant running backs like Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Najee Harris, and Melvin Gordon and the Denver running backs that are on bye this week. So there's going to be a lot of guys that we're going to have to play. In fantasy, a lot of gross names that we're going to have to get to because we're missing some running backs. So let's get into the first game of the week. We have the Panthers at Bengals, the 1 p.m. slate. You guys can see the spreads, the over-under, all that stuff on the screen. I will not be going over that. So if you guys are listening onto uh, the podcast feed, check out the YouTube so you can see all that. But the Bengals are favored 7.5 points, 42.5 point over-under. The under is getting most of the steam right now with 59% of the money on it. Uh, in this game, you're going to be starting Joe Mixon, and you're also going to start Deontay Foreman. Uh, earlier today, we got official word that Chuba Hubbard will be ruled out. He will not be playing in this game. So we do have another game where Deontay Foreman should see a similar workload to what we saw last week when uh, Chuba Hubbard was out of the lineup. 68% of the snaps, 68% of the carries, 55% of the routes. Got most of the inside the five work, most of the two-minute drill and long down and distance as well. So great, great news for those of us like me who have Deontay Foreman. Definitely a great play this week. Probably not 100-plus yards and three touchdowns great play, but definitely a good play nonetheless. On the Bengals side of things, we have Joe Mixon, who hasn't really had anything change on Monday Night Football last week outside of a slight bump in target share. We saw him get a 25% target share against the Browns. The Bengals were playing from behind the entire game, so that could be a good reason for it. But we did have Jamar Chase out for the first time this season, so it's possible that Joe Mixon's season increased receiving workload with Jamar Chase out for the next couple of games. Both teams in this game are averaging about a league average run defense against fantasy running backs, so um, pretty solid expectations. Both guys are in my top 15 for the week. So we can move on to Dolphins at Bears. In this game, you're going to start uh, Raheem Mostert, and you're also going to start David Montgomery, and I think you can flex Khalil Herbert, especially given all the bye weeks that we have this week. Chase Edmonds is off to Denver, right? He got traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Denver Broncos, and the Miami Dolphins actually traded for Jeff Wilson. So they do a bit of a running back swap. I expect Jeff Wilson to probably work his way into this backfield at some point. Maybe it's as soon as this week. It is the same system that they're running there. His role 
that Chase Edmonds vacates of like a 30 to 35% snap share guy, guy that ran most of the routes, that guy that got some of the targets and all that kind of stuff early on in the season is not necessarily what we're seeing out of Chase Edmonds, but he was still a pass catching option. I think with Jeff Wilson, the question becomes, is he going to work into the Chase Edmonds role where he's getting some of the receiving work? Or is he going to do what Jeff Wilson did back in San Francisco where he takes away some of the inside the five work from Raheem Mostert? Realistically, um, Raheem Mostert has not gotten a lot of inside the five work anyway. It's only 13% of the inside the five attempts. Chase Edmonds actually outcarried him in that area of the field. So uh, if people are worried about Raheem Mostert, I suggest that you go buy him because he's an explosive running back. He gets receiving work. He has, you know, long touchdown ability and he plays in a great offense like the Miami Dolphins. So I really like him as, you know, still a top 20 running back for me rest of the season. The Jeff Wilson uh, news um, affects more Jeff Wilson than it does Raheem Mostert because now Jeff Wilson's like a high value handcuff. So moving on to the Bears side of things, we do have some usage to report with Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. The usage still favors David Montgomery. You can see even despite Khalil Herbert out carrying David Montgomery against the Cowboys last week, he still gets most of the snaps. He still gets most of the pass catching work. They are splitting carries to the point that during the bipocalypse that we have, you can definitely still start uh, Khalil Herbert as a flex play. Over is getting some steam in this game, and both run defenses are not very good. They're both bottom third in the NFL, so I think you could do worse than these three running backs in your lineup. Like I said, uh, Dave Montgomery uh, just inside my top 24. I have Raheem Mostert inside my top 15 for the week, and Khalil Herbert's just inside my top 30. So if that gives you an idea of where I'm starting these guys. Chargers at Falcons, the next game that we're going to talk about here. Austin Eckler's in your lineup each and every week. No questions asked. And Tyler Algier, if Cordero Patterson misses this game, should be a top 20 play. But if Cordero Patterson plays and he has been activated off of IR, he returned to practice this week, and he's reportedly about 90%, according to Cordero Patterson himself. If he plays, he's definitely going to be in your lineup. And that also downgrades Tyler Algier to like a top 36 flex play at best. But if they want to play it safe with Cordero Patterson, which I think is probably what's going to end up happening, but don't quote me on that, give it another week. That would make a ton of sense. Tyler Algier played very well in relief of Cordero Patterson. He's been playing really well to this point. You guys can see he's been about a 60% snap share running back. He's getting you know about half the carries or so, uh, most of the routes for the team as well, and most of the long down and distance snaps, and also got some inside the five work in recent weeks as well, and, and has been pretty productive as a receiver. So hopefully, uh, for my sake, because I have Algier on my roster, I could use another week of uh, Cordero Patterson being out, but we'll have to wait and see if Cordero Patterson is going to be active for this game against the Chargers. These two run defenses are very, very bad. They rank 26th and 28th in my model, respectively. Plus, this game environment's also very intriguing because we have an over-under of 49.5, and actually 99% of the money in Vegas right now is on the over. So the Sharps are absolutely hammering this line. They think this line should be higher, probably in the 50s, you know, 52 and a half or something like that. So definitely a potentially high-scoring game. Fire up your running backs. Of course, Austin Eckler, we know what we're getting out of him. Not even going to go over that. But moving on to the Vikings at Commanders. In this game, you're going to start Dalvin Cook, and I think you could flex either of the commander's running backs. Now, we know what we're doing with Dalvin Cook, and he's actually been much more efficient like his old self in recent games. He's averaging over five yards per carry in three straight games. So I, definitely encouraging if you guys have Dalvin Cook, but I'm personally still in sell high mode if I have Dalvin Cook on my roster. Given the age that he has, he's over 27 years old. Given the touches, he has you know over like 1,100 career carries under his belt. Good to know he's performing, but I do think there's still a chance that he starts to wear down as the season goes along. We've definitely seen that from Dalvin Cook in the past couple of years. And make sure if Alexander Madison is on your waiver wire, you definitely stash him because we're getting into crunch time with these older running backs. But definitely Dalvin Cook is in your lineup. The commander's backfield got a little bit clearer this week because J.D. McKissick has officially been ruled out for this game. He didn't practice uh, yesterday, didn't practice Thursday, and he just got ruled out 
right before I started recording this. Apparently, he might be out for a couple games, too. He's dealing with a neck injury. It's a little bit finicky. And if he's going to be out for a significant period of time, then Antonio Gibson sees a big-time upgrade, right? Because with Brian Robinson, we understand why Brian Robinson's the early down guy. Antonio Gibson's not the most natural instinctive runner, but what we do know about Antonio Gibson is that he's a great receiving back. And to the point that even though JD McKissick has been involved in the last couple of games, Antonio Gibson's averaging, you know, high, high targets per route run, 33%, 57%, 33%, and 54% targets per route run in the last couple of games. And if he starts to get more routes, right, because JD McKissick is the primary pass catching back of this team and he's going to be out, then uh, this situation works out a lot better for Antonio Gibson. I think he's a top 24 play. And actually, if you have both Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, I would rather start Antonio Gibson for sure, because now he's going to get that two minute drill work, that third down work that JD McKissick has been hogging all this time. Both run defenses are quite stingy in this game, but they are vulnerable to pass catching back. So I do love Gibson this week as a solid play. And if you guys play in DFS lineups, I think he's definitely a solid option to go after. So we can move off of this game and move on to the next game, which is the Packers at Lions. In this game, you're going to be starting Aaron Jones and then a lot to unpack with this, the Lions backfield. If DeAndre Swift ends up playing in this game, he's definitely in your lineup as a top 15 guy. And I think because of this game environment, you can flex both AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams. There's a lot to unpack with this Lions backfield. Like I said, DeAndre Swift missed practice Wednesday. He practiced in a limited capacity yesterday, and then he told reporters that he's not 100% yet. So I have both guys for the Detroit Lions inside my top 24 running backs, but they're towards the back end of the top 24. DeAndre Swift is expected to play through this injury based on what he kind of said during the uh, the press conference, but his carries will probably be limited to the extent that they were last week, but he may just be on the field for receiving work. So if that happens, he's still a good play because he's a very good, very productive receiving back, but they just don't want to pound the guy up the middle and risk that he gets his injured shoulder banged up or his ankle stepped on or whatever the case is. So I do expect and any inside the five work to go to Jamal Williams, any, you know, dirty carries, most of the carries to go to Jamal Williams, making both guys very viable top 24 plays because this Packers run defense is not very good. And on the flip side, we have Aaron Jones, who has been used at a high, high level in the passing game the past couple of weeks. And he historically absolutely owns the Detroit Lions. He's had two 35 plus point performances in fantasy scoring over the last two years in 2020 at a monster game. And last year he had a monster game against the lions as well. After this week, I'm expecting you to be able to sell Aaron Jones for a very, very, very high uh, output. If you, if Aaron Jones is another classic Aaron Jones against the Detroit Lions week, you can probably sell Aaron Jones for pretty much any running back in fantasy, maybe not named Christian McCaffrey. Like you'll probably be able to get Saquon Barkley deals done for Aaron Jones with what I'm expecting him to do to the Detroit Lions this week. Like I said, both run defenses are very bad. Bottom three in DVOA. So A.J. Dillon is also a startable flex option as well. I think the problem for A.J. Dillon and why he's been so unproductive in recent weeks is the, the Packers have just not seen a lot of inside the five work. And we know that when they get down inside the five, typically it has been A.J. Dillon who's outtouched Aaron Jones. He's got 67% of the attempts on the season compared to Aaron Jones's 33%. So if they're moving the ball a lot on offense in this game, which they definitely could against this Lions defense, I do think that A.J. Dillon could get back on track. Another guy, if you guys want to do some prop bets or something, I think he's a good anytime touchdown type of guy as well. Uh, so moving on to the Bills at Jets in this game, uh, you're going to start Devin Singletary and you are going to flex slash start Michael Carter as well. The Jets are big time underdogs, 12 and a half points to the Buffalo Bills. Devin Singletary continues to get a great workload, though. That might change, though, because we don't know how this backfield dynamic is going to play out now that Naeem Hines is a part of the Buffalo Bills. If you guys missed it, Naeem Hines was traded from the Colts to the Bills. 
And we know what Naeem Hines is good at, right? He's a pass catching back. He's good in long down and distance and two minute drills. And Devin Singletary has pretty much monopolized that role throughout the season. 71% on the year and 100% of the two minute drill snaps on the year. When they're in two minute drill, Devin Singletary has been their guy. But we know that that Naeem Hines is very good in protection. He's very good as a receiving back. So this probably downgrades Devin Singletary a little bit. And if he has a big week in this one against the Jets, I would probably be looking to sell him because I think his workload is about to go down with the Naeem Hines addition. On the other side of things, we have the Jets backfield. And to be honest, I think what we saw out of this Jets backfield is exactly what I expected without Brees Hall in the lineup. I expected Michael Carter to be like a 55%, 60% snap share running back. They're going to give him about half of all of the work, right? The receiving work, the early down work, the goal line work. But James Robinson is going to work his way into this uh, backfield. And for some reason, Ty Johnson was also stealing snaps away from both guys. Michael Carter remains a low-end RB2 type of option for me rest of season. Tough matchup this week against the Buffalo Bills, but I think pass game usage can definitely help him. The other thing that could be you know, uh, noteworthy is, as well is if Zach Wilson plays really bad in this game, I wouldn't be shocked if Joe Flacco or Mike White is starting a quarterback in the second half of this matchup against the Buffalo Bills. And that definitely would help Michael Carter as well, because we know, you know, Zach Wilson hasn't really checked down to the extent that Joe Flacco and Mike White did last year. And this year when we've seen those guys on the field. So definitely something to monitor with the Jets backfield situation, moving on to the Raiders at Jaguars in this game. I don't need to spend too much time on these running backs. You know, Josh Jacobs and Travis Etienne are in your lineups. Both guys are workhorse backs. I'm really not worried about Josh Jacobs down performance last week. The Raiders just got stomped by the New Orleans Saints and they pretty much just took Josh Jacobs out of the game. They were in a lot of, you know, up-tempo, you know, hurry-up offense and they used Amir Abdullah for that. So I'm not really worried about that. I'm kind of just throwing that game out. Travis Etienne, though, in case you're new around here, is, is suddenly an every-down workhorse who's averaging six yards per touch and gets fed targets. So he is a top-five running back for me rest of the season. If your league mates are not treating Travis Etienne that way, if they think he's like, you know, a low-end RB1 or high-end RB2 and you can get him for those kind of price tags, if you can trade, you know, Leonard Fournette types and Joe Mixon types still, Dalvin Cook types for uh, Travis Etienne, make sure you are doing that. I doubt you'll still be able to do that. But if you guys are in a more casual league, then that's definitely possible. Both of these run defenses stink as well. The Raiders and the Jags are both top four in receiving fantasy points allowed to running backs as well. And we know Jacobs and ETN can can make their hay in the receiving game. So big time scoring potential from both teams and big time um, you know, running back scoring potential. A 48 point over under with 83% of the cash on the over in this game. I think both of these dudes could be top five running backs on the week. Moving on to the next game, we have the Colts at Patriots. This game, not a very enticing over under 39 and a half, 98% of the money on the under. So not a great game environment. But the bright side is those of you guys that were looking for bi-week fillers may have got one off your waiver wire this week with Deion Jackson because I think he's going to be a top 20 running back for me. Start him because Jonathan Taylor is probably not going to play. He was not at practice today for the third straight day this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, hasn't practiced. And the athletic Zach Kiefer, who covers the Colts professionally, doesn't expect him to play in this game. So it looks like we're going to get Deion Jackson as the workhorse yet again. Back in week six, I believe it was, he saw a big workload when both Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines were out of the lineup. And of course, Naeem Hines was traded uh, this past week to the Buffalo Bills. So we get Deion Jackson potentially seeing that, you know, 67% of the snaps that he saw, 70% of the carries, 50% or so of the routes. Definitely saw some targets in that game, although it was with Matt Ryan at quarterback. We don't know how much Sam Ellinger is going to check down necessarily, but a great workload nonetheless for Deion Jackson. So pretty solid option if you ask me. If you guys, um, you know, have a lot of bye weeks, you could definitely do a lot worse. On the Patriots side of things, we have Damian Harris, who's been back for two games now. And Andre Stevenson has still been absolutely stunting on folks. He is 
you know, seen his snaps decline a little bit. And we haven't seen too many goal line situations with both of these guys back on the field. But uh, Damian Harris is, you know, not really eating into Ramondre Stevenson's workload a ton. And he's still getting all that receiving work. So Stevenson is inside my top 12 running backs as well. Moving on to the 4 p.m. games. And we actually only have two this week, which is kind of unfortunate for those of us that watch Red Zone on Sundays. There's not a ton of action going to be going on during the 4 p.m. games. So we do have the Seahawks at Cardinals. In this game, you're going to start Kenneth Walker and start Eno Benjamin, assuming uh, James Conner doesn't play. But if James Conner does play, then both him and Eno Benjamin are probably solid flex options. But uh, Eno is actually the guy that I would start if I was faced with that decision 1v1. Uh, Kenneth Walker is Kenneth Walker. He's getting everything that you could want outside of some of the two-minute drill snaps. He's kind of seeding a little bit of those to DJ Dallas, but he's an elite running back. He has a great matchup this week. No problems there. Uh, in the Cardinals backfield, there's a little bit more to unpack because we know when Eno Benjamin is alone in this backfield and Daryl Williams has already been ruled out as well. So if James Conner doesn't play, Eno Benjamin's going to be a top 12, top 15 type of running back if, if Connor is out, but James Connor has actually logged limited participants at practice on Wednesday and on Thursday. We'll have to see what happens today as the practice reports come out. If while I'm editing this, one comes out, you guys will see it on the screen right now, but I face, Eno Benjamin in my home league. And I'm really hoping that James Connor comes back to spell him a little bit. But like I said, if you have the decision, Eno Benjamin versus James Connor, and both are active, both are playing definitely go with Eno Benjamin. Both of these run defenses are soft and the over under in this game is very, very enticing as well at 49 and a half. So um, definitely a pretty solid game environment. Moving on to the next game, we have the Rams at my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These are two of the most unwatchable run offenses in the NFL right now. Both offensive lines can't run block. Both of the running backs in each backfield absolutely stink, but you're starting Leonard Fournette regardless. You can fire pretty much every Rams running back into the sun. I don't want to start any of them. Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, uh, Ronnie Rivers, any of these dudes, because Cam Akers has returned to practice. He's returned to the team. Um, he was dealing with you know a feud with the coaching staff or whatever the case is, and it sounds like he's going to suit up this week because he did return to a full practice on Thursday. Daryl Henderson is probably the guy that I would start if I had to start a guy from this backfield. He's RB35 in my rankings right now, so he's just barely a flex play. But like I said, there's so many bye weeks this week. I think you could do a lot worse than you know starting Daryl Henderson, but uh, this backfield situation is just completely disgusting. Last week, we saw Daryl Henderson run 41% of the snaps, Ronnie Rivers run 36%, and Malcolm Brown, for some reason, get 22% of the snaps. Just not a great situation overall, so I'm probably avoiding it if I can. Leonard Fournette, like I said, has been grossly inefficient, but he's still getting an RB1 workload, which means he's in your lineup and he can catch a lot of passes and maybe get into the end zone in this game. But who knows? We could see Rashad White inch his way more into Leonard Fournette's workload. I think one of these two teams, whether it's the Rams or the Buccaneers, whoever loses this game will be a hot mess Monday morning and on all of the talk shows is what happened to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what happened to the Los Angeles Rams? Because both of these guys are teetering on you know, just being bad teams. And I, I think the Buccaneers win this game. I think they get back on track, but I could definitely be wrong because, you know, the Rams um, defensive front presents some problems for the struggling Buccaneers offensive line. Uh, but we can move on to Sunday night football, the Titans at Chiefs. In this game, you're going to be starting Derrick Henry. And then with the Chiefs backfield, I think you can probably flex pretty much anybody. But if I had to rank them, I would say Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then Jarek McKinnon. Derrick Henry should have a great matchup here if the Titans can keep this game close because the Chiefs are not very good at stopping the run. So as long as the Titans don't get blown out, I think that Derrick Henry should be very uh, well off in this game. But we do have some question marks regarding Ryan Tannehill's health. And if Malik Willis is starting for the Tennessee Titans, that definitely hurts Derrick Henry a little bit because I just think they're going to struggle to move the ball based on what Malik Willis showed me last week. I'm not uh, too... Uh, excited about him actually starting for the Tennessee Titans as exciting as a you know dynasty prospect he might be. He's just not ready to start at this moment. Uh, the Chiefs backfield on the other side of things, though, we were told by a Andy Reid before last week or two weeks ago before the bye week 
that Isaiah Pacheco would start to be the starter of this backfield, but he only narrowly led the backfield in carries and he could be a post buy rookie bump type of candidate where, you know, they wanted to get him as the starter before the buy, then, you know, go into the bye week game plan, get him ready for, um, you know, the down stretch of the season where he can be the starter of the team. I think if I had to choose one of these running backs to start, it would be Pacheco, but the Titans are more of a pass funnel defense and they're not going to, you know, be very easy to run against because their front's very strong. I think the Chiefs are going to opt to rely on Kelsey, to rely on Juju, MVS, Kadarius Tony, all the dudes that they have in the passing game there. I think it's probably not going to be a very productive run game for the Kansas City Chiefs, but, you know, Isaiah Pacheco being the goal line back, I expect him potentially to get into the end zone in this game. So moving on to the final game of the slate, we have the Ravens at Saints on Monday Night Football. In this game, you're going to start Alvin Kamara, and you can start Kenyon Drake if Edwards is out, which I do think Edwards is probably going to be, but if Edwards plays, then Kenyon Drake probably moves his way down to a flex consideration type of option. It's really tough to know with Gus Edwards because he's coming off of an ACL tear. He suffered a hamstring injury, and he didn't practice yesterday, but because they play on Monday, Yesterday is the Wednesday practice technically on the injury report. So we'll have to see how this kind of materializes Thursday and Friday. But I would say if, if Edwards doesn't practice today and tomorrow, then I would say you can comfortably say that uh, Edwards is not going to play on Monday night. And Kenyon Drake saw a solid workload, even with Edwards active last week and limited because he left early in the game. But he is RB27 for me on the week with the expectation that Gus Edwards is probably not going to be playing. But of course, make sure to stay tuned for Saturday's live stream. Uh, if you guys are patrons or watch it after the fact, because we will breaking down kind of when people are out. And also Sunday morning, we should know uh, if Edwards is going to play or not, even though they play on Monday, I think we'll have an answer by then. Um, but Kamara on the other side of things, we'll see a slight bump with Mark Ingram out for the next three to four games. He has like an MCL sprain and the Ravens are a bottom third defense against pass catching backs, especially they rank 25th in receiving fantasy points allowed. So I think there's a big, big game coming for Alvin Kamara. So he is definitely in your lineup as a top five running back. No doubt about it. So that is the end of the video. If you guys enjoyed, as always, leave a like down below. If you received any value, if I taught you anything, the least you could do is leave a like and subscribe to the channel. If you guys are new around here, this is the first video of ours that you're watching. I promise you, you guys will not have to go anywhere else for your fantasy football information. Leave a comment down below. And if you guys leave a comment and I answer your question, the least you could do is like and subscribe to the video as well. If you guys want some extra content, if you guys want access to these matchup charts that I talked about, if you guys want access to my weekly rankings, my rest of season rankings, dynasty rankings, manifesto all that good stuff is available on patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange and the link will be down below for that in the pinned comment we are also going to be doing a dynasty decisions episode tomorrow which is saturday so if you guys are patrons or you want to be a part of that episode like i said patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange is how you can do that but with that being said peace out we'll talk to you soon